We're here in the k and Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Mike O'Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ken Brown. Hey, listen, we've survived free agency so far. They're keeping us. Well, <laughs> Get rid of us. Yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, that's an oxymoron to me, free agency, because nothing's free about it. And I'm telling nothing you. Nothing free about nothing it. Nothing free about it. And before we even get started on that, there was one thing Peter King put out this week, and I'm going to pull it up. I, if you go to Ken Brown, the real Ken Brown, um, my Twitter page, I, I, I didn't retweet it, but I kind of put the staggering figures on so you could see them. Uh, Peter King wrote, teams that have spent the most in free agency from 2017 to 2020 with the composite spending and the regular season records. Jacksonville spent $494 million for a 22-42 and 42 record. That was the worst. The Jets were the second worst with $463 million spent for an 18-46 and 46 record. Buffalo had a $457 million spent, and they did have a winning record, 38-26. And, and our Detroit Lions had a $444 million uh, expenditure for a 23-41 and 41 record, which all tells me you build by the draft. Oh, absolutely. I think you can plunk, you know, so to speak, in, in free agency uh, to, to strengthen your team. And I think there are times when you can make a big splash uh, if you've got a solid foundation. I think we saw that with the New England Patriots this year. But by and large, you're exactly right. Yeah, that's, a nice, that's like icing on a cake to me, uh, the, the free agency, or, you know, putting an extra flavor on it. But if you're trying to build the cake, man... Forget it. What you're going to do is you're going to buy older players because just by the nature of free agency, guys are going to be 25, 26, even if they get the free agency after their first contract. So you're not you're not getting 23-year-olds. You're not getting young players that are like an NBA sometime, a guy 22 and a free agent. So, you know, you got to watch yeah, you what you buy. And I also think, you know, we kind of get carried away with some things and, kind of, and, and lump things together. And, you know, you're looking at the what the Detroit Lions have done so far. Basically, their big moves really have been not in free agency. It's been in been in, in trades. You know, Michael Brockers and 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 the uh, uh, Jared Goff deal with the, the, and Matthew Stafford, and then signing their own, you know, own players back. Those are the key moves in free agency to me. You know, with with uh, what they've been able to do. It, it seems like it's all free agency, but it really isn't. No, yeah, I agree with that, and it does seem like anytime somebody new comes in, it's like you think it's free agency, but like you said, it's way more than that. And and uh, they didn't make any trades yet for draft picks. Well, the Broncos is a, a pick that's pretty much a draft pick, but I'm you know like a Golden Tate trade yet or a Darius Slay trade this year where you're getting higher draft picks. So in you might see one of those before the draft. You never know. I mean, acquiring players is, is more than one way to do it. Well, absolutely, and you know when you I, I hear people say, "Well, you, the, the, you you want to use your draft picks when you make a trade and all that." Well, the, the draft pick does acquire players. It's not like you're using them, for example, the Lions. It's not like you're using them for frequent flyer miles to you know, take a vacation. You're using them to bring in players. You can you can use those. You can use your draft picks either to take a player in the draft or use it to acquire a player in a trade. What's the difference right. as long as you get the player? Right. All right. Well, let's just start since the last time we talked. Uh... The official Jared Goff Stafford trade went down. La da da da. I'm done talking about it. We know what happened. We know everybody's everybody's in their corner. Everybody's happy. Everybody's both franchises did right by the players according to each other. And, and there's no hard feelings. Everybody's happy. And Goff has a, a um, chip on his shoulder. And Stafford is, you know, under a lot of pressure now. So let's just see how it plays out. 
um, I think that this might benefit both teams in the long run. Well, they're looking at it for different reasons, too. The Lions are still building, and I think I think it's a feeling out process uh, to see if Jared Goff is their quarterback of the future. You know, not just not just for you know to play out his contract here in Detroit and move on, but to see if you know which Jared Goff is he going to be? Is he going to be the one in year two and three who made the Pro Bowl? Is he going to be the one in years four and five when he had you know a much lower touchdown? Uh, much fewer touchdown passes and many more interceptions. So I think it's for him. It's it's big in that regard. For Stafford, it's in it's in to get that team back to the Super Bowl where they were three years ago. And I think anything less than that will be considered a disappointment. Well, I think it's two things. One, for the golf part, they're not going to ask him to do as much as they asked Stafford to do. So he should be able to rebuild his confidence and rebuild himself back into a a good player. Stafford. I think Stafford, the last three years, had gotten stale here. And I know everybody wanted him to stay. I want him to stay. And you know how I like him. You know I've known him since he got here. But I think he had gotten stale here. And I just think he, the last couple of years, he, like, was going through the motions. I mean, it's not a – and when I say going through the motions, I don't mean he was I, just phoning it in. But I just think he had got into that mode where I'm just going to do what I can do and what's around me I'm just going to have to deal with. I don't think – I don't think he – you know, he didn't – put up a big fuss about it. I don't think the the last coaching staff and him got together at all, but I just think he put it in autopilot and I'll do what I can do and hope y'all get y'all stuff together. Well, the way that's, I don't agree with the way that sounds. I don't think it's the way you mean it, but it sounds like a guy who just showed up for work, went home, came back the next day and repeated the whole, the whole process again. I think he was Fully yeah. committed as a player. Well, that's, you can but, be committed but, in that too. I think that I think yeah, that's what I mean. And I mean he was committed, but I think he was like trying to push that rock uphill, and he just said, "I'm gonna do the best I can do, and you guys do your jobs, and I'll do mine." I think that's the last couple of years. It just it just felt he just I we, I talked to him every week, and I just that's just the way I felt. I felt that he would never. Well, I didn't think he would, but he ended up doing. It. I said he will never ask out. But if they came to him and said, would you like to go somewhere else, he would jump on it. And I think he finally got to the point where he had to ask out because he well, said he they weren't going to come to him. He was there Monday morning after the season. Right, but I'm saying it seemed like went right to ownership. Right. Yeah, because he seemed like they fine. were never going to come to him. And I just feel it was a, a good break. It's like, you know, it's just a marriage that you know is going nowhere. And let's just break it off right now. So I, I don't want to get too deep in that because we only got so much time. But I think well, but it, also just one other thing, guys. too, Kenny, you, you saw it, him departing from current teammates and teammates of the past how highly revered he was in Detroit what a leader he was on that team so you know he really he he gave that team everything he had it's time to give somebody else some more yeah he gave him what he had but there were times during that and he's my guy like I said he's my guy I'm not going I'm not sugarcoating it though. oh it sure sounds there like were, it. I'm, look I'm a critical guy about things there were times where I would have liked to seen him come up with the super performance to pull him over. And I'm going to tell you, the, the two games, that the Dallas playoff game and that Green Bay end of the season game, those were two games where you make your name and it just didn't happen. And, I, you know, that's the only thing about him that I will say in not a positive light that I thought where he could have helped himself and he didn't. So I'll just leave it at that, you know. I, I know you don't concur, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> well, you're talking about you're, you're talking about two different times in his career. You're talking about how he got stale at the end, and you're talking about games that were six and seven years ago. Right. I'm just saying those Doesn't were games. Sense. Those were those to me were. You're talking perfect. about you're talking about 
you're talking about completely different parts of his career. But listen to my point on it. I'm telling you. They don't jive. Those, I understand those it, but you're, were, saying, no, you're saying one thing and they're using Those were directional else. games to a franchise till he got to the last three years, Mike. If, if, if those two results change, either one of them changes, I don't think we're at this back end now where the last three years were just muddling water. I think that changed the whole direction of the franchise. Those two games changed the whole direction of the franchise. The Dallas game, you get a playoff win. Oh, it's just so much pressure off this franchise. You go to second round, you I think you to play. I forgot who you to play. The, the the game for the champ for the championship that Sunday night after they had clinched that 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 afternoon. You win a division, you get a home game. It just changes your directory as a player. And when it came time to it, there was no pelts on the wall for playoff wins or home playoff games. There was just no pelts, man. So it is what it is. Let's face it. It is what it is. Moment of silence from Michael here. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I don't, you know what? I don't fully disagree with you. I just, my only issue is we're talking about different parts of his career and why what we're talking about the last three years, which to me were the low point of his career the last three years. Right. Right. Oh, I'm not going right, to dwell on it, but I'm just saying that the last three years happened because of the things that happened before that. But let's talk about the uh, guys who the Lions have inquired. And they just acquired a guy during the time of this podcast, a wide receiver from the Titans, Khalif Raymond, who I don't know. Couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Hope he helps out. And that's all you're getting out of him from me, Mike, unless you know something about him. I concur with Ken Brown on this one. <laughs> right. When you got to consult the Internet for a guy – I don't. I don't put it like this. I don't think they're gonna be uh, making sure he gets twenty touches a game. That's just me. I may be wrong. Uh, they picked up a kicker from Cincinnati. These are the the, the latest of the um, of the pickups. The kicker Randy Bullock from Cincinnati, who after they fired Brayden Combs, uh, coach last year, I guess uh, Brayden didn't put a good word in for him, right? His old uh, special team coach in Cincinnati, who he was the Lions coach until insubordination came. Uh, Green Bay's backup quarterback, uh, Mr. Boyle, Tim Boyle. You got any words on him? I never saw him play. I heard he's a great preseason ball player. I don't think he ever got too much work in during the regular season. But uh, is he adequate for your backup situation there, Mike? If he doesn't have to play, he's more than adequate. (laughs) That's what you hope. He doesn't play. <laughs> it was one Green Bay writer uh, tweeted that he's going to be challenging golf for the job. And I'm like, if, if I'm missing something, I went to look at the stats, and I'm, I saw like six pass. I'm like, where is this coming from? But um, he's a developmental guy. Look, put it. Trust me. He can't be any worse than Chase Daniels. Yeah, I was disappointed in Chase Daniels, to be honest <laughs> with you. I thought he would bring a little something there. The two or three times, you know, he got listen. He got a couple of chances to play extended time, and and really didn't didn't do it. Basically, it started the Tampa Bay game. I mean, you can say that was a full game. Well, he would have got a full game. Got out. I mean, Staff went out the first series, right? The first series. So basically, that was your chance, and that was a goose egg. The the Chicago game was another one. The Carolina game was another one. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, somebody, a scout, once told me about a player. No runs, no hits, no errors. There you go. That was Chase Daniel. There you go. Uh, got, we, up, got up to bat and didn't produce anything. Right. We did steal somebody else from Green Bay. Looks like we're just going to take Green Bay players this year. Jamal Williams, the running back from Green Bay with the bubbly Love personality. Him. I like now, that. if he can play. I like that signing. If yes. he can play, it'll be a great time to talk to him. But if he can't play, like I said before, 
he'll be Jim Arnold from the '80s punter who was well, a great, can we, a like, great can, locker room, a great we, funny quote, a great funny quote. <laughs> Can we stick to this millennium? I'm just saying, the guy who was a great Please. funny quote that everybody went to, but they were on some of the worst teams of the uh, late 80s, and it just wasn't as funny when you're losing. And Can I, we just stick to this half century? I'm just letting you know. Uh, the Lions picked up another guy. Listen, no, but just, just a second, though. But the, the kid you just you know, we just talked about, he had a really good, really good four years as a number two running back with the Green Bay Packers. He's 622 uh Touches, 500 carries, 122 receptions, and never had a fumble. Averaged four point something, uh, running the ball, had a good, you know, good yards per catch out of the backfield, and really was a good complementary player on that football team. And I think he'll help the Detroit Lions. I think he might be the best backup they've had in a long, long time. Come on, Mike. See, that's not, that's what the police calling right now to take that quote back. <laughs> Come on, man. He just got it out. The best running back backup. Backup, yeah, the backup. The only uh, one would be only one would be comparable to me would be Joyt Bell backing up uh, Reggie Bush. Yeah, I was gonna say that's one of them right there. I, yeah, and even Adrian Peterson last yeah. year, man. If you want to call him well, the backup. He, you know what he was? He was a, a he was a powerhouse inside the five yard line. Yeah, but, but there's another ninety. But there's another ninety-five yards on the field. Well, like I said, he was uh, he was pretty decent to me. Um, I like I said, I hope for him. I think he'll be a help on the field and off in the locker room. And you need a few guys like that, man. You sure need you some do. of these guys, man. I, that, that's what I remember. I told you last year when we did these podcasts. I said, "Who's the emotional leader of the team?" We went over this whole thing, and the only name we could come up with was Jared Davis. Remember that? It was hard to find somebody. I don't yeah, think you're gonna have a problem with this team. You got about four or five guys I see right now are gonna be emotional leaders of this team. Well, you know where it starts. Starts right up the top with Dan Campbell. Right, I think, starts I think with Campbell. Players have right. gravitated to him already. Right, yeah. but there's guys on the team, actual team now that have the personalities like Brockers and Jamal Williams, and um, there's a couple other guys that I can't think of right off the bat. But there are guys they brought in that will be well, you, guys. Ragnar. Yeah, the guys that are already there, but with the newcomers, I'll give you a guy to watch, Tyrell Williams, the wide receiver. You look at what he did, averaging right around 15, 16 yards per catch every year in the National Football League after his rookie year. I thought that is a really good get for the Detroit Lions. Is this Michael here? Huh? I, I can't see because we're in different places. Is this Michael here I'm talking to? Yes. Yo, when, when, when did the Tyrell Williams love stop? We talked about this the other week on here, and you were like, eh, it's a pickup. He was cut. What, what, now, what you do, do some research on him? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I'm about to say, because a couple weeks ago in the, during this podcast, I didn't hear this. Kenny, if I, if I, if I went public <laughs> with every time you changed your mind, okay. I'd be caught in the – I'd be caught in the <laughs> – so, you, you just got me all worked up. So you, admitted, so you admitted you changed your mind on this guy. I didn't change my mind. I, I did more research and I came around. And That's I'll tell all. you another thing why you can get that too. His uh, separated got some stat. Everybody's got a stat now in this league. The separation right. stats, his separation stats are greater than Galladay's were, you know, about separation from the defender. And he, he, he I guess he's guys to get on. And if you notice, all the receivers they're picking up this year are separation guys. You know, fast separation guys. We're going to talk about speed because the guy they picked up today, Raymond, 4-3-4 speed guy. You know, um, Williams, you said, a big, fast guy. Um, Brashawn Perryman, who I didn't talk about yet, big well, fast guy. Look, look, I'm look, not saying he can play, but I'm saying big fast. Right. 
Yeah, 6'2", 215, uh, first-round draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens. But here's another part of his resume. He's been on four teams in the last four years, and that does not bode well for a guy building no. a career. No. You get shipped out, you know, nice seeing you. Right. Uh, don't forget to leave your helmet behind when you leave. But with, with him and Cephas, I just, you just want to get some production out of. You know, you're not asking them to be starters because I think that they're either going to draft a receiver high or they're going to sign somebody else and get a receiver. But I, I do think that um, he can help out. I, he's had, I looked at some games he's had. He had some good games in the last year. He hadn't had a lot. Of, he's been hurt a lot, like you said. But the, he was a first-round pick, so the potential was there. You just got to get it out of him or find out what's going on with him. So I'll give him a chance. You haven't gotten out, listen, if you haven't gotten it out in five years, the odds are against you. Oh, but look, I wish him we well. Go. And I'll here tell you, when I covered go. his father, oh, Brett Cannon, one of the toughest football players I've here ever covered go. in any position. Here we go. Michael Harris has a statute of limitations on being good. Okay, boy. You know, I don't have any statute of limitations, oh, but I'm, I'm just telling Kurt you. Kurt Warner didn't hear that back in the day. And Mike only giving you two years if you're not good by then. You can't play in this league. Uh, five is different than two. <laughs> All right. Um, Charles Harris, I'm, if that name rings familiar to you listening, back when he was coming out the same year as Jared Davis, Michael Harris mock draft for Detroit Lions got coming. I believe I picked Charles Harris to be the Lions pick, and he was a player that was talked about that possibly the Lions would be looking at the pick. They didn't pick him, and he went to pick after to Miami, I believe. Right. And yeah, uh, he, was my pick to, he was my pick to the Lions. Yeah. yeah. In, so in, eventually uh, he got here. Bob Quinn's second mock draft. Yeah. So eventually he got here. Um, I'm not expecting too much out of him, but if he can become like a uh, Turk McBride or one of those players that we used to get every year uh, from, you know, uh, Lawrence Jackson, a guy you can come in and get some pass rush and get to the bench, you know, move him around. I can take that. I can live with that. You know, I'm, I don't want him to be a star, <laughs> but if he can contribute, then maybe we can get something out of him. Well, we just haven't seen much, you know, much from him in for four years. He's been – you know, basically, I think he started, what, 15 games? He's got six career sacks in four years, and three of them were last year. So if it's, if it's going to come, it's going to come from nowhere. You right. know, he had, and, and we'll see. Look, you never know. Nowhere to go but up, Mike. Nowhere to go but up. Um, or no, and sometimes out. <laughs> up and out. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Give him a chance. Right. Um, as of right now, the team, to me, is not better than last year, but – all the naysayers out there think this is going to be a worse yeah. team in the league. I'm not buying it because I see where I'll tell you right now. Philly's a worse team than Detroit right now, and will Philly? be. Yes, Philly. I'm telling you right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Philly has a number one pick next year. They are really go look at that team, man. They have a team that was in the Super Bowl a few years ago has been dismantled, and they're they, that's not a good team. And then there's other team. Is Jacksonville going to be much better this year? Just because they drafted Trevor Lawrence, if they draft him, I don't think so. There's a couple of teams. Well, I think they'll, I, I think they'll be considerably better, but but I, are they going to all of a sudden challenge in that division? No, they're not. Yeah, so no, I don't no. think the Lions are the worst team, but I do like that Dan Campbell's putting the foundation in and is going to build from it. And now it comes down to the draft because to me, you may sign one or two other guys, but pretty much now, Mike, it's it's about the draft now. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm getting ready for my third mock draft on Monday in DetroitLions.com. Who are you taking, Terrell Williams? Yeah, you know, I do the <laughs> – and I'll ignore that. Terrell Williams Jr. If he's available, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but you're really, you're really looking at what, what teams, you know, the tops, the six teams ahead of them, what they did in free agency. 
you know, some teams made a big splash, other teams didn't. The Detroit Lions, I thought, just they got guys. But like I said, their their big moves were one, you know, re-signing Romeo Okwara, their own guy. I thought it was a terrific re-signing. The, the trade for Brockers, and, and then the quarterback trade. The rest of the stuff to me are, are support players who, you know, some might you know have a have a you know a big bigger year than you might have expected from them, but they did, certainly didn't go out and spend you know ninety million dollars on somebody who was going to you know remake their offense or defense. And just one last thing, you we were talking about Jared Goff a minute ago. What did Dan Campbell say about him when they made the introductory at the introductory press conference? He says he didn't come here to he didn't have to come here to be a savior. Just play quarterback. Throw the ball to the receiver, and it's up to the receiver to separate and catch the ball. Both sides do your job. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I don't. I don't. For Jared Goff at this stage, I don't disagree with that. No, and and let's all remember too. Jared Goff is twenty six years old. It's not like he's thirty six. You know, you're getting like some guy at the end of his career. So you can get functionality out of. Now this brings me to. I'm glad you brought this up. This brings me to the point. The draft is coming. <laughs> You like that, don't you? Um, yeah. Kuyper put out his new mock draft. And Kuyper's drafts, and they're all over the place. Let's face it. He's, he's a good, but everybody's mock draft is not going to be the way it is. It's just, it's just never is. But it gives you a clue on what's going on. Kuyper has uh, – I'm looking at this here. The first four picks are all the quarterbacks, all the ones that everybody's right. talking about, except for the Alabama guy who's the fifth quarterback. Um, Kyle Pitts goes to Cincinnati in his mock. Who is the tight end that ran a four four six uh yesterday as a tight end? I think he's a wide receiver. He's a well, he's a weapon. I don't even consider him a tight end. I think he's more of a, a weapon. So you can say he's a tight end, but he's a wide receiver. Jamal Chase, who is the best wide receiver two years ago, and we hope he still is because he didn't play this year. He opted out, going to Philly, and Detroit taking Devonta Smith. Now, my question for you, Mr. O'Hara. If all the quarterbacks are gone and Devonta Smith is there, but you got a, a offensive tackle, you got a couple, you got uh, Pani there, you got some tackles, Slater from Northwestern. Would you rather have a tackle or the wide receiver? I'd take Penny Sewell right there in a minute, in a minute, but I don't see that. You know, one of the guys I really lean on is, is Jeff Hobson down in Cincinnati. He's been covering the Bengals forever. And, he is steadfast from the beginning that if Penny Sewell is on the board at five, he's not getting past the Bengals, and so that's 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 good enough for me. So I have him. I have him off the board. I think he'd be a great pick for anybody. I think he'd be a really good pick for the Detroit Lions. And he would really that would stitch together the last link in that offensive line, which already is good from center to left tackle. Then then it would be good from from tackle to tackle. Man, I I would run the card to Cleveland, and you told me give me a head start. You see me on the uh, Ohio Turnpike down near uh, Cedar Point running. I would run the pick down there if that if he was on the board because that's how much. Uh, well, you know why, that would why, help. why don't you do that anyway and take your time coming back? <laughs> Who said I'm coming back? I may <laughs> just keep running. Uh, and now, but question two though: Say one of the quarterbacks does fall to seven. Say. Uh, I still say Justin Fields is going to go before Trey Lance, but some people think differently. And Zach Wilson, uh, he's probably going number two, but I'm telling you right now, I don't trust any of those guys after Lawrence, and I don't know which one's going to make it or not. But just say one is there at seven. 
as a lion, let's say you rate it. Let's say the Lions rate him good. Just say the Lions rate him as a top ten prospect in this draft. Do you take the quarterback knowing that you got golf for two years if you want him, at least, or do you take him anyway and deal with whatever happens afterward? Well, I think this. I think there's a uh, an, a decline in certainty once you go get past Trevor Lawrence. And then I think there's a further decline after you get past Zach Wilson. I mean, I think it's, I think it's, there's a number one, and then there's no one A. There's a two, a clear two. You understand what I'm saying? Right. There's a drop from one to two. It's not like flip a coin and get either one will be just as happy. No, no, no. There's Trevor Lawrence, and then there's everybody else, and then there's Zach Wilson, and then there's still everybody else at three, four, five, ten, twenty. Everybody guys are in the quarterbacks are in this draft and and so if you think you're getting the next best thing well you are but the next best thing isn't close to what the, the, the best thing is in front of you so i would be very i would have to be really really convinced that any of those next next two guys justin fields and, and trey lawrence are, are what you think they are not what you hoped they might become okay now this is my theory you got golf for two years is it there's a second right. year to guarantee? I mean, they have to keep him at least the two. I know this year they do, but is there an out well, next cut year? Anybody, you just, yeah, just but I'm talking about without way. penalty. Just say he's yeah. gonna be here for two. Say you two years to make it, so you don't get penalized too bad for getting rid of. Then don't take a quarterback unless you think that quarterback can play. I mean, it's gonna be a superstar and can play right now. Don't right. give me a guy. Well, in two years he'll be. He might be this or that. I would rather take a chance later on with a developmental guy and go with what I got. Fix the team first. You got extra draft picks the next couple of years. You can find a quarterback or you can make one. And I'm going to tell you right now, remember this name. And I was talking to one of my scouting friends. I'm not going to mention his name. Kellen Mond and the Lions. Just remember you heard it on this podcast first. Kellen Mond. Wait a minute. Texas A&M's quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I think he was the MVP of the Senior Bowl if I'm not – mistaken. I, I know he played I in the senior think, bowl, but I think he I was think the Matt MVP. Matt Jones was probably the MVP. Now, Matt Jones didn't play. He got hurt on the Tuesday. He got hurt? Yeah, he didn't play in the game. But I think well, I mean, Kelly Mon was the yeah, MVP. They have the, the MVP of the practice rounds. Yeah, but I'm talking about the game. <laughs> Kelly Mon was the MVP of the game. Um, Remember that name. That's all I'm saying. And he probably will go, because he's a developmental guy. He's not ready to play right now. Third round, fourth round guy. Maybe second round. You know, sometimes they, they come up. And I'm looking at it. He was the MVP. He was the MVP of the Senior Bowl this year. Remember that name. Remember I heard it. And that's from uh, that's from a scout. So well, I'm, I'm not going to have to remember it because you're going to be repeating it every Well, day. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But I'm just yes, saying. I've been wrong before. But I'm, yes, I'm with Fix the Team. And I heard a couple of our, our friendly radio guys in town say if they take a receiver, it's the same old Lions. And I, I disagree with that. No, it's not. You take the talent at seven. You take the best talent. And, and, and I don't – this is too bad for the Lions. See, I do not see Jamar Chase there at seven. Devonta Smith, just the size, it worries me. It really does. That size, it, 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 I, he just looks to me like he could be fragile. And he got hurt in the championship game. What he hurt? Uh, was it was a lower leg or lower something leg? like okay. that. Or, he, it was at his wrist. 
it a broken wrist or something? I don't know. Uh, Waddle, I know, was hurt in the championship game, and that's another one from Alabama. The, the well, he was hurt guy. going in, yeah. Right, and then he played a couple, and he got out of there. Well, he's a tremendous player. He Boy, is. Boy, but, he's good. But, again, yeah. Mike, the receivers coming out of college now, you're getting six, seven of them a year now. It's just a matter you better find the right six or seven because some of them they miss on. But these guys are more pro-ready now. They can come right in. Fix the team first. Unless it's like it's a trend, you know, like a Chase or Smith or Waddle, who are the top three, or Pitts, you know, guys that are clearly above the rest of them. If it's not one of those guys, then move up. Hey, go fix the rest of the team, man. Cause no, I don't disagree with that. You've got look. You've, you've got to build a team. You really do. You can't just drafting a quarterback and then drafting skilled position players to surround him. It's not the way to do it. Sure, you get your quarterback, but you build a football team that can stand on its own, and you're going to have you're going to have a winning team. But it, 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 I think the Detroit Lions did it just the opposite for for too many years. Yeah, but but and they, then they I'm... just they just built around the quarterback. Right. They'd be fine. Well. They were pretty good at times, but they were really consistently pretty good. Right. But I know they got to sell tickets too, so I'm 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 putting a caveat on it because since they're not probably not going to win, I know they got to sell tickets. If you got a draw, if you think one of those guys can be a draw, and they're good and they're going to be there when you're winning, I I can back off and say, okay, I understand why you took them. If you think one of those receivers is going to be a highlight draw, and people are going to pay to see him, and he'll be there when you start winning. Then I don't have a problem with that either, you know. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a draw. Kenny, but I, I, no, I don't either. But I just think the Detroit Lions are at, at the, a point in their history, and it's, it's an extended point in their history, where what's going to sell is going to be winning. It's not just going to be an individual player. Yeah, but you're not winning this year. You know that. Well, that's what people say. We'll see what we'll see what oh, happens. Oh, oh, boy, you changed your mind on that one again. Okay. No, I didn't. I never said. It. I never said anything. I said they're not playing to lose. Right, but okay, other people think say this on the is, radio, a, this is not, a reload, not right? To lose. But this is a reload. So you might want to take – let me ask you a question. This team right now, is it better than last year's team or worse? I think it's going to be – I think it'll be better by the end of the season, yeah. I really do. I think that team – that team started out bad and got worse day by day by day. Got worse by from, from one practice to the other. You know that's a no answer. It, it, it disintegrated. That's a no answer you just gave. Is the team better – or worse than last year's team. Forget about the end of the year. Is the team at the end of the year going to have a better record or worse record than last year? It'll have a better record. Okay. So that means you're talking six better. wins or more. Correct. Right. Okay. Six and 11, yeah. Okay. It's better than five and Well, five is and it? 11, I don't even but... know. When you add one more game, is six wins, six and 11 better than five and – well, it's a better per- winning percentage, yeah. Five and 11, six and 11. Okay, okay. This odd game is killing well, yeah. me, man. This odd game is killing me. You know, what's a, a seven in a, if you get a, a five, a, what do you go, six, you got six and. Hold on a second. Six well, and well, 11. Well, the people who, well, well, the teachers. Seven and eight. Brown, I mean, it's just, it's, to me, they're all the same. One Look, 12, if you're not over 500, it's all the same. If you're not over 500, it's all the same. teachers. I just want to know with fault. this extra game, <laughs> and they'll probably have an extra playoff guy, team again. I think that's pretty much set now, right, that extra playoff team. I haven't heard seven it yet. instead of six. Yeah. Are you going to start so, seeing man. eight and eights or eight and nines? Are you going to see any eight and nines in the playoffs? Or, you know, well, I saw seven and nine last year. Right, I'm saying, yeah, you did, but that's that was rare. That was that was a COVID year. I don't count that. So you might right. see all types of teams. I don't think you're ever going to see a. Well, you could. That was a division team too. I'm talking about wild card. Right, won the division. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about wild, wild card. card. I'm sure you'll see a division every now and then do that, but 
I, I, I just wonder, is that last wild card going to be eight and nines or seven and tens? You know, well, 19, 1999, the Lions and the and, and the Cowboys were both eight and eight and made the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah, 1999. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, Mike, we done had 30 minutes of greatness here today. Who came in? <laughs> yeah, right. That's what we talked about. <laughs> we'll pick this up as the uh, free agency goes. I think we won't do one until probably the schedule or close to the draft comes out. I think it'll take a couple weeks off. People can't live, on, live with Trust a month me. without us. That's Trust, me, they're living. Trust me, they're doing just fine. But uh, we'll okay. talk about that, and uh, we'll talk about what's happening. But um, – I have I still give a thumbs up to this new Lions regime. I think they're doing all the right things. Give Brad Holmes credit. He's not overspending. Give the coaches credit. They're putting their system in place, talking to their guys. Go watch the video on DetroitLions.com or Golf's introduction as he goes through the bill. And I, I, you'll enjoy it. Trust me. Just listen, looking at the coaches and enjoy it. And we'll see what happens. Sounds good to me. It's a good way to leave it. All right. That's Michael Hare from DetroitLions.com, who is still writing content. Please check him out there all the time. Kim Brown, WGL, you'll be talking to us on the Mitch Album Show afternoons on WGL.